Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. If you have a Bible, turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Corinthians. In Bible college, we called it Corinthians. That was for you, Pastor Prince. Acts, Romans, Corinthians, chapter 9. And verse 9, it says this, For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox. Somebody say an ox. While it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Or does He say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be a partaker of this hope. Now I've got a few more scriptures to read, but this scripture really is concerning giving to uh, the travelling preacher and and giving to the person that's going around and and sharing the gospel. Now that's how Paul has taken uh, the text in Deuteronomy to present it to uh, the church and and is really teaching a principle from this passage. But the this scripture given in Deuteronomy and the law of Moses was uh, was the same scripture. But if we look at the original heartbeat of that scripture where he says, do not muzzle the ox uh, that treads the field or, or brings in the harvest. God's actually trying to show us a type or a shadow of something that's to come. Now, when we hear the expression, how many have heard the expression types and shadows in scripture? Uh, a type and a shadow in scripture is an Old Testament picture of a New Testament reality. Now, let, let, me, let me give you a for instance. When, when we prophesy, the Bible says we only prophesy in part. So we don't always have the full picture. And so in the Old Testament, a lot of it... Now, some people say, oh, we don't, we don't need the Old Testament. We're, we're New Testament people. Uh, that's a very risky thing to say. Both are, are fully God's Word. They're given by the Holy Spirit. The, the New Testament is the apples. The Old Testament is the apple tree. You need both. One fulfills the other. And we see God in, in the Old Testament. Now, I want to just show you a type and a shadow works like this. This is my hand on the screen. It was the best uh, that I could come up with as far as an illustration of types and shadows. Now, you can see the shape of my hand and you can see the shadow. Uh, the shadow does not contradict my hand in any way, but it doesn't show you the completeness of my hand. It shows you the, 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 the uh, shadow, it shows you the outline, but it doesn't show you my cuticles or, my, or the, 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 the fingerprints or, or the print of my knuckles or my palm print or, or my nails or anything like that. It just shows you an outline, but you can tell that one is definitely a picture of the other. There is nothing about the shadow that contradicts the picture of my hand. Now, the reason I'm telling you all of that is because the Old Testament doesn't always give full clarity in specifics of who God is or how He works. But the Old Testament is a picture of a New Testament reality. Now, the ox is typology. It's a type and a picture of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you go, well, that, that's strange because what's an ox? Basically, an ox is, is a certain breed of bull that, 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 that has been bred for plowing the field and plowing the harvest and, and doing the work and being, being a help to, uh, to those that are, that are tilling the land. Now, the reason I'm telling you all of those things is because God says a lot about this ox. And I've never preached about oxen before. I've never really preached about livestock before. I like to eat livestock on a very consistent basis. Hallelujah. 
Bless the Lord. The wind is blowing again like the day of Pentecost. It says in Proverbs 14 verse 4, I want you to hear this. It says, where no oxen are, the trough or the stable stays clean. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox or you need a strong ox for a large harvest. So if we believe that an ox is a picture of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit for a few weeks leading up to Pentecost Sunday and Holy Spirit Conference. If we change the word ox and replace it with the Holy Spirit, there is quite a little bit of truth that we can see that God is trying to explain to us through the Old Testament and through His Word. If we say, do not muzzle the ox, we could say, do not muzzle, you shall not muzzle the Holy Spirit while He treads out the grain. Or Proverbs 14.4, where there is no Holy Spirit, the stable is clean, but you need the Holy Spirit for a large harvest. I don't know about you, but the most orderly church service that you'll find where nothing's unpredictable, where there's no chaos, where there's no noise, where everything is perfectly organised and structured, you might find that that's a stable where there is no ox. Now, I'm not coming against anybody or, or doing anything like that, but ultimately, when there is an ox in the stall, we're handing over control to the Holy Spirit. And that means it may be chaotic. It may, it may mean a broken person coming to church with a great need and disrupting what may have been our idea for a Sunday afternoon. It may mean that during a service, something unpredictable happens and, and maybe somebody has an encounter with God or maybe a demon spirit leaves somebody's life or, or, or a sinner comes under conviction and can't wait for the end of the message and just has to get saved and cries out to God. I don't know about you, but I don't want this stable to be so clean and so well organised and so well structured that the ox has left the stable. We need the ox. Do you believe that this morning? And not just in the stable of this church, but in the stable of your heart, in the stable of your life. Do not live a life that's so well organised that there's no Holy Ghost. Can I say this? This word is is something I believe is prophetic for, for our church that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the greater one on the inside of us. The Bible says greater is He, talking about the Holy Spirit, greater is He that lives in me than He that is in the world. Without the Holy Spirit, the stable stays clean. Lord Jesus, give us a messy stable. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not trying to compare the power, the presence, the person of the Holy Spirit to livestock. But God's showing a picture that when there is the unpredictability of a willful creature, we understand that when that creature, when that animal is in a stall, how many know that it's going to do what it wants to do? It's going to sit how it wants to sit. And so if if we say, God, we want your presence in our church, there is a cost to that. There, 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 are, there are things that we have to do to accommodate that and, and make room for it. And, and when it comes to the ox, did you know there are, there are characteristics of an ox? Now, I've never preached on an ox in my whole life. I've never preached on this stuff at all. But as I began to study this over this week, God began to talk to me about uh, the power of an ox, the, the importance of having an ox in the stall. And I just want to uh, reaffirm to us as a church, I want the power of God in this church. I, I want that transforming anointing of the Holy Spirit 
to be in this place. Come on, do you believe that this morning, church? Are you with me today? Hallelujah. Bless God. Merry Christmas. I want to give you some characteristics of an ox. Number one, the ox produces increase. It's actually the ox that brings in the harvest. So if there is some kind of harvest that's not produced by the strength of the ox, then I don't know what kind of harvest it is that we're getting. If, if our harvest is just people uh, relocating from other Christian uh, worlds, I, I mean, we're, we're so blessed when anybody comes and partners with us to help us do what God's called us to do. But ultimately, we need, we need the oxen here to, to bring in the harvest of souls. I, I pray we have revival in the church and we bring in the harvest and see God do something that can only be done by the Spirit of God. The ox produces increase. I pray that our growth is ox related. I pray that our salvations are ox related. I, I pray that it's the Holy Spirit that's drawing people to Jesus. You know, Paul says, I don't want to use the persuasive words of the wisdom of men. He says, but when I preach, I want to preach with a demonstration of the Spirit and with power that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In other words, I want the ox to do the heavy lifting. I don't want to use my, can I tell you, my persuasive words of wisdom, they ain't that persuasive and they're not that wise. But can I tell you, when you hide behind the Holy Spirit and you say, Spirit of God, move on hearts. I can't heal the sick. I, I can't change a broken heart. I can't deliver people from demonic stuff. I can't heal a sick body, but I know someone who can. His name's Jesus and he does it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, I pray the Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You know, I just want the Holy Spirit in our church. I'll have a little bit of Holy Ghost, you know, a little bit of rat-a-tat-tat, a little bit of, a little bit of the power of God. I, I, I love our church, but Lord, let, let us not just become some cookie-cutter kind of suburban kind of middle-class kind of that. I pray we'd have the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit in this place where anything could happen. Bless God. My skin's barely keeping me in, by the way. I've got to keep moving. Number two, the ox eases the burden. It produces a harvest. It produces increase. Can I just, let me go back. You know, when the Ark of the Covenant came, even into the enemy's camp, they were blessed. When they captured the presence of God, even people that weren't meant to have it, came under the blessing of God. They sorted Obed-Edom's house. He prospered. I believe one of the keys to us as a church prospering is having the Holy Spirit's presence in here because it attracts the blessing of God. Number two, I just wanted to say that. Number two, the, the, the ox eases the burden. Matthew 28, what does it say in verse 28? Sorry, Matthew 11, 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden. And what did He promise? He said, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Listen to this, for my yoke is easy. Somebody say easy. And he says, my burden is light. Oxen, when they plough field, always are yoked together. They are always yoked together. And the reality is, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm strong. I'm as strong. I, I'm as strong as an ox. He's saying, but a, one of the stronger ones. And he says, "Hey, you, 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 hook up with me. Come to me, 
yoke to me, get connected. Let's be in this yoke together and you watch. I'm gonna plow this field and I'm gonna do all the work. I'm gonna do all the heavy lifting. All I need you to do is stay yoked to me. Just stay connected to me. And the problem is some of us, we're, we de-yoke and try and do this thing by ourselves and, and pull, the, pull the machinery ourselves and we're trying to rely on our own strength. Can I tell you, the greatest way to serve God is with ease by being connected to God, walking in His ways, being connected. I tell you, I'm, I'm hooked up with the ox, man, because, you know, so I didn't mean to call him the ox, man. I was trying to say I'm hooked up with the ox, man. Uh, we're going to pray for people to experience the ox, man, here today. Uh, I want to be, be hooked up to the strength of God's Spirit. What's the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Why, why do we encourage people to be baptised with the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit? Because guess what? You and I are doing Christianity by ourselves, trying to pull this heavy load. When you get baptised in the Holy Ghost, it says, watch this, you just rest in me, you just pray in the Spirit. Trust the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna do the work, man. I'm gonna move this thing. We're not gonna move the city in our own strength, but when we're hooked up, I'm getting yoked. I'm yoked to an ox who is omnipotent. He's all powerful. He knows everything. He knows where to go. This, this message is making me want to eat a steak. I feel the word of the Lord this morning. It's gauchos. It's just rolling off my tongue. Number three, the ox is valuable. If you owned an ox, you owned a top vehicle. In Hebrew times, in Bible times, you, you owned something that was precious. Because they, they, they lived long. They did the work. They laboured on your behalf. When you bought an ox, you bought an investment. And so when God promises increase with your oxen, say, I'll take increase in my oxen. I need more oxen. I'm believing God for increase for your oxen. I know many of you have many oxen. I've got two. Their name's James and Sam. I believe God wants to increase us and bless us. I tell you, when we've got the Holy Spirit, we have someone so valuable. And he's not just a force, he's a person. That's why for me, uh, we, we talk about as a church, being a church that really want to make room for the Holy Spirit because we recognise the Holy Spirit is God. He's as much God as Jesus is. I mean, He's as much God as God the Father. And so in this house, I pray that Jesus would be lifted up. I pray that you'd know God the Father and you'd know the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the Holy Spirit, the ox is valuable. Number four, I love this. Number four, the ox sets the pace. You know, the ox either leads or defers. One ox will set the pace. So when we hook up to the Holy Spirit, He sets the pace. But you know, the scripture talks about do not be unequally yoked. Have you noticed that some couples, when they get together, maybe one's an on fire believer, the other one may not yet be serving God or be, be, be nominal in their faith. I find one of two things happens. Either that person that's on fire, that fire touches the other person, man, they come into the things of God and it happens. But often, I almost would lean to more often than not, it goes the other way. And, and that person that's, on fire for God, kind of the fire goes out a little bit. And, and I'm not saying that to, to be unkind or, or, or anything like that. It's just one of the, who, really, whoever's the strongest will end up leading and the other one will follow. Sometimes the Christian's the strongest. Sometimes it's the unbeliever that's the strongest. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when you yoke to Jesus, when you yoke to the Holy Ghost, He's always stronger. 
and, and He'll carry you and, and he'll, he'll forge the path. He'll show you which way we're going to go. We're going to plow this way. And can I tell you, the greatest adventure you can ever have is plowing the harvest with the Holy Spirit. What a privilege to partner. I love the idea that I just get to be yoked. I'm not yoked to some religious uh, institution. I'm not yoked to a church. I'm not yoked to another believer. Oh, I am to Donna. We're kind of yoked. Uh, we've been yoked for nine long years and she's loving every second of it. And, and, and But can, can I tell you, I don't want to just be yoked to the, the things of man. I want to be yoked to the unseen. I want to be yoked to heaven because this Christian walk doesn't have to be difficult. It's not all peaches and cream. And I like peaches and I like cream. This Christian walk has its challenges. It has its tough days. It has its mountains. It has its victories and it has its disappointments. But can I tell you this? I'll tell you, in the high times and the low times, Lord, I pray, let me be yoked to your spirit. And can I make this corporate, Lord, Life Point Church? I pray we hook up. I pray that this house would be yoked to that which God's hand is upon in the power of the name of Jesus. If you believe it, can you just take five seconds, give God a praise for number, number five. Number five, the ox is patient and not easily startled. You and I definitely in life need to be yoked to something that isn't shocked when trouble comes, that doesn't run when there's a challenge. And I feel like if we are yoked to the Holy Spirit, we become more like Him. And so we don't get shocked when the enemy comes against us. We just keep moving. We just keep going. We're not startled. We hold our course. We hold our ground. I believe as a church, the greatest thing that can happen for us is to be divinely connected to the yoke of God's Spirit. And the beautiful thing about God, God knows He wants us yoked to the Holy Spirit. And so if we're yoked to the wrong thing, it's by His Spirit He destroys that yoke. He says, "My yoke, that yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. God's power is all over this principle. If we would be yoked to that which His hand is on, God will do supernatural things. Number six, the ox obeys commands, not specific voices. The ox obeys commands, or if you've grown up in South Australia, commands. The the, the ox obeys commands, not voices. Now, a horse obeys a voice. Sheep, my sheep know my voice. The ox doesn't respond to a voice. He responds to a command. If you go and talk to someone else's sheep, say, hey, sheep, I'd like you to get me a cup of tea. That sheep is going to go, I don't know your voice. But if the shepherd says, hey, I'm going to need a cup of tea, it's done. Why with one? Now, you and I, when it comes to a head of oxen, oxen, this is not easy. You get tongue-tied. Whatever they are, oxes. The ox will obey the command, not the voice. It's interesting that when you and I speak the Word of God, the Holy Spirit doesn't just respond to the Word out of the mouth of God, but He responds when a believer speaks His Word in faith. 
And so the ox doesn't just respond to the voice of God saying, this needs to happen. When you and I speak the Word of God, He knows the right commands. He doesn't know every command, but He knows God's commands. And so when we speak the Word of God, we don't command the Holy Spirit, but when we command something to happen, the Bible says the Holy Spirit broods over His Word to perform it and make it happen. Do you understand that you and I, when we speak the Word of God, we've got an ox working on our behalf to plough that field and obey the command given by the anointing of the Spirit of God. I thank God that we have somebody who's here with us. Jesus went to the right hand. He said, I won't make you orphans. I'll comfort you. I'm sending the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the ox. Let me tell you, I like our church, but I don't want it to be so safe that there's no evidence of an ox. I want you to know that there's been an ox in the place. I want you to know that there's been an ox lying, abiding, being, feeding, doing his stuff in this place in the name of Jesus. I want to, I'm going to wrap this up super quick, but there's a cost to owning an ox. There's a cost. And I want to show you what that cost is. The first one is if you've got an ox, if you invested in an ox right now and put it in your lounge room, how many know there'd be a mess? There's a cost to owning an ox. They leave a mess. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit uh, is a picture of leaving a mess at all. That's not what I'm saying. So I don't want you to think that I'm suggesting that the person of the Spirit of God is uncouth like an ox. But I will tell you this, when the Holy Spirit comes into an atmosphere, it messes up the program and it changes things. There's, there's a sense of divine chaos, holy, holy chaos. I, I believe in order. I believe in decent in order. But there is sometimes Holy Ghost order and religious order are not the same. When I was talking to these AOG pastors in America, I said to them, I said, do you know what's interesting to me? I said, we as Assemblies of God pastors will look at a liturgical church, like an Anglican church, and we'll see the pastor waving an orb with smoke in it, lighting candles and, and, and doing certain rituals, doing communion a certain way. And we call that religious. But do you know, I said to these pastors, I said, do you know, we are equally religious with the way we do our services. We have the lights a certain way. The lights go down in the second song. We do four songs, except Ari and Joel were divinely inspired to do five this morning. And we're very grateful for the flexibility that it runs among our team, ordained of God to lead us in the very praise and the worship of the Most High One. Now, I say all that to say this, we'll do things the same way. We'll do communion. They'll be passed this way, and then they'll go that way, and then they'll go this way. Some of you would take seconds because you didn't get brekkie. We know what you do, we watch. And so does God, and He will build you on the other side of eternity. We have our planning centre online, or now it's Elvanto, which is our rostering system. It's now becoming fluoro. We change all the time, but, but, but we've got all those things. We have this thing that I get texts every week called a run sheet that says, at this point in the service, we need to get up and, and, and transition the service and, and do this and, and do that. We have all of those things. And can I tell you, if, if they take the place of the ox and we depend on those, but have no room for the chaos that the ox might bring, we're as religious as the very ones we criticise. And these pastors are like, and I was like, <laughs> no, I said it, man. I said it in faith because there's as much religion in Pentecost as there is outside. And can I tell you, we can get religious, we can be as religious about how we do hospitality. We can be as religious about how we do our services. We can be as religious about 
not wearing a suit and tie. I remember there was a church in Adelaide that grew, really grew. And now, now it's, unfortunately, it's, it's not even here now. Uh, but, but it was thousands of people there in the 90s and they invited dad to preach. And they were like this anti-religious church. And dad, like at that point, used to like to wear a suit and tie. And they said, oh, you're just religious. And dad came against him. He said, I'm not religious. This is what I want to wear. And he goes, I'm actually a big guy. And so to wear a tie and be able to wear a suit jacket, I feel less self-conscious. So I'm not wearing this out of religiosity. I'm wearing it because this is what I want to wear. And he says, you're as religious about your open neck shirt as you think we are about our suit and tie. Let's just wear what we want to wear. And can I tell you, religion is simply getting hung up and letting things control our church that are not the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so we can go either way. Let's not sit there while the priest is waving the smoky orb. Don't call him religious. If you're going to church and refusing to speak in tongues or let the Spirit of God move, you're just as religious. It's just wrapped up in far more deceptive skin. Anyway, it's true. It's true. The only way that we can be free from religion is to let the ox loose. Some of say, you're like, like a bull in a china shop. Exactly. Doesn't mean that there's not order. Doesn't mean that we're not disciplined. It doesn't mean that we don't do our due diligence. It just simply means that there's still a God that reigns above all of the stuff we like to do and call important. And that's the Holy Spirit. Church, I think that's a good place to praise God. Samunga, if you can come. An ox requires space. You're going to have an ox in the stable. You've got to make room. If we want the Spirit of God here, we've got to make room. What does that mean? We open the altar. We we pray for people. We believe God for miracles. We allow the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in the church. We make room. We acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God, the Father in heaven is God. So is the Holy Spirit. I think we've gone, you know, the Old Testament, they rejected God the Father. In the New Testament, they rejected God the Son. We live in a church age right now that rejects the Holy Spirit. And if there's any move of the Spirit, it's in a special class or it's in, it's in a home group. Can I tell you, I like having the Holy Spirit turn up on Sunday, you know. <laughs> Touch lives. The anointing, will co- it'll require space, it'll cost us. We'll lose control. Control's overrated, you know. Last Sunday, and I don't, two Sundays ago, I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but we did an altar call for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. One of, one of the most sensible women you'll ever meet. A classy lady comes forward to receive the baptism of the Spirit. The power of God touches her. She spent years in the Salvation Army, so they don't baptize people in water uh, like we do. Thank God for the salvos. They don't baptize people in water. And so she said, I want to get baptized. I was like, oh, praise God. And I didn't quite realize that that meant right now. And we had a pool and it was over there the other week. So straight after church, while most of you had gone home, Sharon gets in that pool and there was about 30 of us around. I said, okay, everyone, let's stretch our hands out. I mean, the power of God touched her. She couldn't even stand up. We're having to, we didn't want a baptism and a drowning in the same service. Why does that, that's the kind of chaos I'm talking about where the Spirit of God's in the house and something breaks loose and God's heart touches people. Number four, and I'm done. The ox was required to Sabbath. 
along with people. In other words, God didn't want us to just rest. He wanted us to rest in the Holy Spirit. He wanted us to rest with the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you are feeling the weight of pressure. You're feeling the weight of doing stuff in your own strength. And you'd say, Dave, I actually need to get yoked to one stronger than I, one more powerful than I. And if that's you today, we're all going to stand. We'll dismiss the meeting. You'll be out of here in two minutes. We have gone a couple of minutes over. Let's stand. We'll close. So glad you're here, by the way, to all of our guests. So glad you could be part of our service today. I want to pray. If you'd say, Dave, I need, I need the helper. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the one to come alongside and help me. I can't do this. I've been doing Christianity a little bit on my own, and I need the help of God. I need the help of the Holy Spirit. I need to get yoked. I feel an anointing for yoking this morning, I'm not, and I'm not yoking around. Sorry about that. If that's you across the house, can I tell you, I'm responding to my own prayer today because I'm, I've been told it's going to be very powerful because I need to, be, I need to get yoked. I need, I, need, I need to be yoked to the one who's stronger than I am, to one who's more powerful than I am, to one who carry me when I can't carry myself. Church all across this room, if that's you today, and you say, Dave, I, maybe, you, maybe you're well yoked right now. You're, you're in a good yoking season. But maybe you're not. Don't be ashamed if you're a leader, if you're a staff member. I don't. Doesn't matter to me who you are. I just want you to. I just want you to touch God today. If that's you, why don't we raise our hands across the house? If that's you, He's with us. He's for us. Jesus, we praise you, God. Lord, I pray for every person with a hand lifted this morning. Let a mighty anointing of power come upon them. Lord, I pray, carry us. Lord, we hook up with your spirit. Lord, we hook up with the Holy Ghost. Lord God, I pray that I pray that the ox would be with us here, but he'd go home with us. Lord, he'd be in our church, but he'd be in our homes. He'd carry us, he'd help us. Lord, when we fail, you never fail. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to do that which only you can do. Lord, I thank you that you're with us, you're for us. Your strength in our weakness, your hope in our hopelessness. And Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, we depend on you. And God, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church said together, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise this morning? Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.